Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Nellie Resnick is an evidential medium, Reiki practitioner, and spiritual teacher living in Brooklyn, New York. Although she was able to connect with spirits since she was a child, it wasn't until she experienced her own grief following the passing of a loved one that her spiritual gifts heightened to the point where she could no longer ignore them. She sought training and saw her mediumship and psychic abilities unfold quickly and powerfully, and she soon discovered that she can help others experience the same healing and insight that she was able to provide herself when connecting to spirit. Through mediumship, she offers clients the comfort and understanding of knowing that our departed loved ones are safe and at peace on the other side, continuing to watch over us. She specializes in evidential mediumship, meaning that when she communicates with souls that have crossed over, she places emphasis on providing specific information about them that only the sitter could know. With psychic readings, she helps clients gain clarity on the bigger picture along with the best course of practical action in their lives by delivering the information she receives with humor and lack of judgment. She offers in-person and virtual psychic mediumship readings, energy healing sessions, group readings, and spiritual classes, and today she's going to explain deeper how all of this works. Please welcome Nellie to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm so excited to talk to you today, Nellie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm so excited today to talk to you about your psychic mediumship and your abilities and what it is you're offering the world and your gifts. And we will also get into um, your perspective of what's actually going on on the other side um, and possibly talk a little bit deeper about death and what it is to connect to those loved ones. But first, before we get into all that, um, we just love to hear about like you and what, when did you first discover that you had these abilities? So what I do... Um is I'm a psychic medium, which means that I communicate with souls that have crossed over. And that's the mediumship part. And the psychic part is connecting with people and their energy, um, basically to gain insight into what's going on in their lives, past, present, and future. Um, And I think that I've always been able to do this, but I didn't realize it until, um, it was around five years ago, um, someone close to me passed away. And um, it was through the grief process that I sort of started to understand, you know, more of what was going on around me. Uh, My psychic ability really opened up again um, because I'd sort of shut it down because it was scary when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. And then when it started to open up, I, um, you know, I was very skeptical and I thought maybe I uh, was experiencing psychosis because... Uh, grief can be very similar like you can experience very similar things as when you experience psychosis Mm -hmm. um but I took classes you know I started to like yeah (laughs) classes for mediumship for psychic uh, development Mm -hmm. and um the kind of information that I would receive I was like okay there's no way that I could have known that about this person Mm -hmm. so I uh worked on it really hard and now I um, offer readings professionally and I teach 
psychic development and mediumship. Cool. So the way that I found you is through a friend of a friend and um, you actually helped me with some of my mediumship uh, reading Mm -hmm. as well. For those of you who are just listening to this episode, Um, I'm also a medium and not necessarily by profession, but just by ability, I guess. So I came to you to have kind of a, to have a reading. First of all, she blew me out of the water with her reading. It's probably one of the best medium readings I've had. And I tried to go see a medium every maybe two or three months just to kind of keep fresh and see like what's out there to give myself empathy. So I'm not like super hard on myself about mm-hmm. my weird accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I stepped in with her and had this reading where she uh, definitely connected to my grandmother who is always very close by and around. And so, um, so yeah, so you were able to connect with that grandmother very easily. And then we switched and you were doing some training with me where you're teaching me how to um, come from psychic information and bringing that down into the solar plexus to do mediumship information and how that was connecting to a different type of consciousness. So mm-hmm. I was able in front of you to read uh, one of our friends about his past and connect with some of his loved ones and information that I had no idea about. So it was mm-hmm. a really, really interesting experience to kind of see that. So for people who have zero idea about any of this, um, can you explain first what it is to be psychic and then explain what it is to be a medium and then explain the difference between the two? This is a great question because um, I find that often people don't know the difference between the two um, and also don't know what either one of them really means. So I'm going to start with psychic. So psychic ability is something that I believe everybody has to one degree or another. I actually think that a lot of skepticism comes from people who are like, so what? I can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, actually you can, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you need to develop it more in order to do it like, you know, can control it or whatever. But Basically, if you have a nervous system, you have psychic ability. Mm-hmm. So what it is, is the ability to kind of like read energy. Um, I think one misconception or what we think of as psychic is like the ability to read the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue with that is that it implies that there's like one specific held future. Right. That is, you know, the only outcome possible. Um, but actually, I believe that when we pick up on the future, it's we're picking up on potentialities. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for the most part. I mean, I think some things are destiny and some things are potentialities, but we're not really in a position to know the mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, psychic ability, or when you do a psychic reading, um, it goes a bit further than just, you know, your gut feeling or, you know, but you might have experienced it if maybe, um, you know, you haven't thought about somebody in a really long time and then suddenly they call you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or like you, you, you think about them for the first time in like a year and they call you or, um, you go, I just have a feeling like, you know, this person's going to be late mm-hmm. and then they are, you know, or you walk into, um, an apartment when you're like apartment hunting and you're like, this place is it. And it's just a feeling. It's not like, because it's better than other places, Yeah. you know, but kind of uh, to develop it or take it a step further. Um, it's really kind of taking it from the space of like a ran like randomly, you know? because all of those examples are a little bit random to being able to really tell when you're tuned in and when you're reading the energy of another person who's with you, rather than just coming from your own place of uh, fear or judgment or just making stuff up, you know, Um, and being able to receive like better and better information or more and more evidential information. Yeah. and And a psychic reading is really, you're connecting to like in front of you basically. 
So I'm going to explain mediumship in a second, but mediumship is like a little bit above just because it's um, a slightly faster or higher vibration uh -huh. because you're communicating with souls that have crossed. And so they're no longer in bodies. And so um, the, the energy is less dense. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of make yourself less dense in order to meet it. Yeah. But psychic is on our level. It's like in the 3D plane, it's on earth. So, you know, we're reading each other all the time. Right. So that's what psychic ability is. Mm -hmm. Mediumship is um, connecting, basically talking to dead people. Mm -hmm. So uh, when somebody crosses over, their, their body passes, but their soul or their consciousness doesn't. And so as a medium, I'm able to kind of raise my vibration high enough and they can lower theirs and we sort of meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. And they communicate through... Um, it's soul-to-soul -soul communication, really, mm -hmm. which psychic readings can be that too, just with the living person, <laughs> but uh, with mediumship, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's soul-to-soul -soul communication. And so I get in touch with my own soul. I raise my vibration. I meet theirs and they communicate through feeling, through images, through a knowing or through hearing. Mm -hmm. And what's really happening is that it's all vibration, but it's getting translated in my system in the way that I'll be able to understand it, which is mm -hmm. feelings, words, images, things like this. So, right. so you can be, you can be psychic and not be a medium or you can be a medium and be psychic. Right. So every medium is a psychic. Not every psychic is a medium. Got it. Okay. So that's a, that's a really cool distinguishing factor about the two of them. Um, just because, I mean, for people who don't know, like, I think that's, a, it's, I think that's very interesting, especially for someone who experiences mediumship things. So what was it about, like, when you first started to develop these kind of abilities, you said something, you shut it down because it was scary when you were younger. And I've had a similar experience. So if you can talk a little bit more about what made you shut that down at the beginning, because people who may be listening could have also had some experiences similarly and, and realized, wait a minute, I can, maybe I'm a medium also. And they just yeah. shut it down. Yeah. So, um, when I was, you know, and I didn't know what was going on at the time. So this isn't like I was six years old and I was like, I'm a medium. Yeah. I don't want to be a medium anymore. <laughs> I was, you know, you're well throughout your whole life, really, not just when you're young, you experience like the way you experience it. You right. think everybody's having the same experience, right? but especially when you're small. What I remember is I was always like just out of my body. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd be like sitting in class in the second grade and like everybody had, you know, their social studies book open and I was like three books behind and the teacher would call on me, which, you know, wasn't necessarily like that I was talking to dead people, but um, I, in my case, that's what was going on. Um, I remember at night when I would try to go to sleep, I would feel and see things in my room. Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what they were. I mean, to me, they were very real, and I would scream, and I would, like, call for my parents, and the thought was just that I had, like, a very vivid imagination. That's what I was right. told, and that's how I understood it, you know? You know, and my family really, like, they weren't out to hurt me. <laughs> they didn't know what was going on either. I grew up, I mean, I'm Jewish, but, you know, my family kind of coming from the Soviet Union, there was no freedom of religion, and so I grew up in a household that was more, like, agnostic, agnostic mm -hmm. and atheist mm -hmm. and so that wasn't really on the table but I would be like terrified at night hiding under the covers because I could feel energy around me yeah um, and so I think just we put up like mechanisms mm -hmm. without even realizing it in Dope. every way not just with mediumship but in every way you know so I put up walls and just sort of shut it down 
and then I went for a long time just experiencing um, my heightened like empathy and psychic ability as like just really high anxiety in yeah. my life mm-hmm. until I realized what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. I always t- tell people that because I'm someone who suffers in quotation marks of anxiety yeah. or intense anxiety, but it's a lot of energy transference or psychic mm-hmm. energy that I'm picking up that's causing me to have that body reaction, uh, panic attacks and whatnot, picking up energetically. So I want to get into, well, first you do these kind of group readings as mm-hmm. well as one-on-one. So you can be very much like a Long Island medium or, <laughs> or like Monica, what is it? What is her name? Monica, Monica the medium, the medium. or Tyler yeah. Henry or all of those people. And so first of all, like probably some people want to know, like, are those people legit? Like, are they actually like pulling like <laughs> someone who, who also claims and has this kind of ability? Like, what do you, do you, do you look up to those people or are you like, this is completely showbiz? Like what's your take on that? I mean, I think they're probably real. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the whole landscape of, I guess the workforce, I don't, I don't know how to put it, is like, uh, it can be really competitive in mm-hmm. a way that um, sometimes I talk, this is kind of going into something else, which is just that, you know, uh, mediumship, um, being a psychic, it's the most stigmatized work you can do mm-hmm. besides being a sex worker. Mm-hmm. But sex workers have more recently kind of, you know, organized mm-hmm. for work conditions for themselves mm-hmm. and everything and psychics haven't. Mm-hmm. And so it's this whole thing of like, is this person real? Is this person legit? Is this, you know, who's better? Like yeah. which modality is real? What isn't? And it's like, for me, I just think there's someone out there for everyone. In mediumship, we say there's enough dead people to go around. <laughs> kind of funny but you know it's true like someone who resonates with me might not necessarily resonate with um Teresa Caputo the Long Island mm-hmm. medium but I'm really glad that all of them exist and are out there because yeah. I can't say that I think all of them are doing like are, are good for the work because I think people see what it's like on tv and so they see, and it's not their fault like yeah. I mean it's not the medium's fault it's just yeah. the nature of production and everything where you see an hour-long reading condensed into like five minutes mm-hmm. and then the reaction shots mm-hmm. um, are taped over mm-hmm. and so people in every single one the medium is nailing everything on the head yeah um and everybody's crying yeah. or having these like huge reactions and in reality that's not how it goes you have an yeah. hour-long reading especially if you're someone who's like pushing for more information as a, as the medium mm-hmm. it's um usually not possible to do a reading that's 100% accurate. Yeah. You're always going to, I mean, it's hard enough communicating with people on the earth plane, you know, right. <laughs> um, you know, and then you have this added thing of like, they're not in a, in a body even, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then you're translating yeah. each individual, the way mm-hmm. that they're communicating to you, which might be different dead person to dead person. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's, that's different. But on the other hand, I think because these people are in the limelight, mm-hmm. it is more people just know about the work and what it could look mm-hmm. like um, mm-hmm. and aren't as scared of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there's sort of a space for everybody in this work. I don't see myself like in comparison with them really, because mm-hmm. I think like we're all different. Yeah. Um, Does that produce any type of expectations for you during a reading? When people come to you, do they expect to have that type of experience? Sometimes, you know, it depends. Everyone who comes in is different. Some people Mm -hmm. know how it works and they just totally get it. 
but sometimes I can tell when someone has never had a mediumship reading before, doesn't know anything about it, but has watched mediumship on TV. Mm -hmm. And like in those cases, sometimes I'll need to um, just pause the reading and just go, okay, have you watched the Long Island Medium? They'll go, yeah. And then I just give them the little, a a very shortened speech of what I just told you. And I'm like, you have to let the process unfold as it unfolds. I'm here to, uh, my allegiance is with the spirit world. So the way that they communicate with me, that's what I'm trusting. Mm -hmm. People uh, sometimes just kind of try to control the reading. Yeah. So, and I find that that happens more often if they've watched these kinds of shows. Mm -hmm. So once in a while that'll happen, but I am. I think not not as often as I would have thought. Right. The expectation is the is the interesting portion of it. It's kind of why I personally haven't decided to go full on in the professional aspect of doing mediumship because of all the pressure. And Mm -hmm. like, I I understand, I understand how it works because it happens to me, but I did, I started to look deeper into that translation process and how you do have to align with spirit in order to get that communication through. And some spirits come through like blazing and they have all the information it's right there next to you. And then there are Mm -hmm. others that are really hard to, at least for me to, to Mm -hmm. deeper understand or hear what it is they have to say. Um, it's also my inexperience with it. Like uh, my stuff has come always random. I haven't done anything to really develop it. So in that case, trying to explain or make expectations for other people and say, Hey, it's, it's not going to be this like, boom, 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 boom. And if you don't get everything right, then you're the, you know, you're a scam artist or something. It's that Mm -hmm. expectation that someone, if you're a psychic or if you're a medium or something like that in that stigma, that if you get one thing wrong, they'll, they'll pinpoint that thing and say, Oh, you must be fake when Mm -hmm. in in fact you actually got like eight other things correct so I feel that that's very very interesting so people who might be interested in getting a reading um you said you can tell the difference between people who've had one and not like what should they do to prepare for reading yeah to prepare I would say just come in open um come in skeptical you know like come in skeptical but open skepticism Mm -hmm. means just that you're open to things not going the way you hope or that you're just questioning, not meaning that you come in trying to prove that something is wrong, but open. I think the other thing that happens is people come in with an expectation that they're going to hear from who they, from like one or two people that they really would like to hear from. And depending on, you know, and this is just for for me because every medium is different, Mm -hmm. you know, but for me, when people come in, you're going to get what you need. So if what if your life is falling apart, hearing from your grandmother is probably not going to help you. So we would probably focus more with your own soul or with your guides or with ancestors that can help with the particular issue that's going on. You know, I had a group reading last week, um, you know, virtually, obviously, that this young man was coming through. I knew who it was for in the group, but I didn't want to it was too timid <laughs> and it took her a while other people were taking it and then it took her forever to take it because uh, I talked to her later she was expecting maybe her mom or her grandma to come through but it was her uh, brother's best friend who had hmm. passed a year prior and they had been close like she had his um you know obituary like on her mirror and stuff but she just you know she wasn't thinking oh that's this who would come through through Mm-hmm. And the kind of evidence that he gave was, you know, because I'm saying that the the person, the 
sitter needs to come in prepared. Well, so does the medium. I'm not saying that right. like, it's okay to give a crappy reading. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in a group of like eight people, which is what this was, um, my job is really to provide information where it's like, okay, nobody else can take this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my job as the medium to provide information that nobody else in the room can take. It should feel like one person really feels that their loved one is coming through. Um, and the other person, the other people feel like they're meeting somebody for the first time, mm-hmm. even if they can relate to some of the information. Because ultimately, we, a lot of us have similar experiences, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, the information should be specific enough to just land with one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened. But it, um, you know, and this happens a lot. I mean, it, it happens to me when I sit for readings or for practice readings as well. You know, I have my list of people who might come through, but sometimes it's someone that I don't expect. Mm-hmm. So um, there's always a reason why they're coming through. And sometimes it's really for them, not for the, for the sitter. Mm-hmm. And that's just like an important distinction, I think, yeah. to remember. So what is it like when you read an entire room? Like what's the process in deciding who comes forward first? Um, I imagine that the spirits decide, but is there mm-hmm. a case where a bunch of people come forward for one person and, and other people don't get read? It depends on if it's a small group or a larger group. Mm-hmm. I treat them differently. So if it's a group of eight people, to me, so I consider that to be a smaller group reading. And I try to divide it like 10 minutes per person. I'm actually changing the process a little bit right now because I was doing it entirely spirit-led. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Meaning like it's just the spirit that comes through. And I'm like, who can take this man with the the heart attack, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I guess it can get a little bit, um, it's just hard to divide the time equally. So what mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing is really going direct to people. So, mm-hmm. you know, it may work with you and then maybe it's one or two people who step forward for them, or maybe it ends up being a psychic reading if that's what they need. Right. And it's a larger group, you know, upwards of like any, anywhere between like 10 to like a hundred people to, a th- you know, I haven't read for a hundred people. I've read for 75 up to a thousand people you know the way that you do that is it's impossible to give everybody a reading in those circumstances so that's not really the purpose of it the purpose of it and maybe this is important to say too the purpose of a group reading is different than a private Mm -hmm. in a private reading it's really to help the person who's coming in and to get to what their need is and Mm -hmm. in a group reading it's more to just show the potential of mediumship Mm -hmm. And to connect with souls that have crossed in a way that really, um, I, I kind of shy away from the word proves because I'm not out to prove anything. Yeah. But to provide evidence that there that life survives life. Yeah. And so yeah, so to connect with the spirit world in such a way that it will really land with just one person mm-hmm. in the audience, and to stay with them for usually between like seven and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm, so I would love to get into and get a little bit deeper into, um, you know, you're connecting with people from what we call the other side and mm-hmm. from a philosophical and or religious or what are just belief standpoint. Um, what is your perspective of what happens after someone dies since you're making connections to those who have, you know, I don't know everything. I sort of, I think I have some insight. I hope I have some insight, you know? <laughs> But uh, but, yeah, I don't think any of us are really supposed to know everything or exactly what happens. But my 
perception of it is that when someone first crosses over, you know, there's still free will on the other side. So for the most part, people cross and they, they seem to have to gain an understanding or awareness almost immediately of what's happening. Mm-hmm. They'd sort of like return to, I don't know what to call it, but it's like to their soul selves maybe. Uh-huh. But I, I, depending on, on, the, on the soul and when and how they passed and all of that, they might choose to stay behind for a little bit longer. So they might just be sort of a replicate, replicate, mm-hmm. replica, <laughs> replica of, <laughs> of their like physical body in a way for a mm-hmm. little bit longer. So people call this, people call these earthbound spirits, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to kind of um, be very responsible about the way that I talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. Because that sounds scary. Um, And I think the worst thing that you can be told or think, you know, when a loved one of yours has has passed is that you're, that the loved one is suffering in some way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just want to make that clear that like 99.9% of the time, that's not the case. It's Mm -hmm. just that they, they might cross and their energy can still be kind of dense for Mm -hmm. a while. So not fully going through all of the steps of, I don't know exactly what the steps are, but of of kind of going back to their oversoul, you know, or of gaining more and more consciousness or Mm -hmm. becoming more of a like light being. Mm -hmm. Um, And this can happen. I mean, when my friend passed, you know, four and a half years ago, he was kind of what we might call earthbound for a while. Mm -hmm. And that was just because he was young. He didn't want to leave people behind. And, you know, he was allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a choice. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a choice. I think um, they're they seem to be like encouraged to move forward more quickly, mm-hmm. but they don't have to. Mm-hmm. And it could be for different reasons. They might not see that they have a choice. They might not see that like you know fully crossing doesn't mean that they don't leave their loved ones behind. Mm-hmm. Kind of things like this. So they they so, this are they are those spirits who are more dense, easier to read. No, um, okay. I find them more difficult to read, actually. Okay, why um, is that? I believe that it's probably because they haven't, they're, they're sort of, they're too in between or something. Mm-hmm. Like, they're more dense, so they're more likely to, like, knock, not to scare anybody, but, you know, to, to knock stuff mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll do that, you know. But um, in terms of actual communication, it to me, it feels like it can be a little bit piecemeal. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't necessarily know the best way to communicate yet, or they don't know. I'm trying to like find a good way to put it. It's almost like they're not fully in their power yet. I don't mm-hmm. know how, if that makes sense, but it's like, they're not, you know, they're sort of just in between. Yeah. In between. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that whole a- unfinished business, you know, yeah. those mm-hmm. kind of idea or whatever that we might have in like the movies. Um, if someone hasn't quite gained their, you know, like going towards the light, if you will, um, mm-hmm. then they might stay in that in-between stage between chemical body and light body for a while. Right. And again, so an example is like that, that gentleman who came through a week or two ago, um, and I tried to communicate with him and he was um, a really lovely guy, the same one that um, the, the person that it took the person a little while to take. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. He's just, he's just taking his time because he has um, two young children Mm-hmm. you know but my impression of him was not that he was suffering it's just mm-hmm. that it was a choice that he was making but it did make it a little bit more tricky to communicate with him 
you know, over time, and again, it really depends on the, on the person who crosses. So they right. might kind of fully cross right away, or they might, you know, take a little while. It's just, it, it depends. Then I feel them a lot more, a lot lighter, just meaning like less dense. Yeah. And less kind of, um, less attached to this life, which mm-hmm. I want to, when I say that, I don't mean that they care less. They're still connected. They're just not attached, if that makes sense. Right. So it's the same. It's, it's just, you know, the concept of, this is going to, I'm going to show how little I know about Buddhism, but you know, it's a Buddhist, <laughs> it's a Buddhist concept. You know? <laughs> just like practicing um, like n- n- uh, non-attachment. Non-attachment, um, non-expectation. Yeah, um, yeah. Is there any, so people who are spirits who have decided that they're going to go ahead and cross over to the other side, um, when they have done that, do they, are they still able, I mean, obviously you're, you're saying that they're still able to communicate with their old past lives, but have they moved on to new lives of their own in the next dimension or in that yeah. next uh, lifetime or whatever? Do they keep coming back to talk to those who are still in this dimension? Like, how does that work? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, this is sort of my opinion because mm-hmm. I think not every medium even agrees with me, mm-hmm. you know, which is important to say because even though um, I spend a lot of time out in the in outer space, um, <laughs> it's all filtered through my own brain. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I also have confirmation bias and stuff. But uh, my perception of it is that you know, we consider things past lives and future lives and here and there. Mm-hmm. But on the, you know, what we call the other side, time doesn't work in the same way that it works here. It's not right. linear. Right. I think the best way that we can understand it is the way that we experience like dream time, mm-hmm. you know, where you wake up from, from a night of sleep and maybe you've had three dreams for mm-hmm. those of you who dream. And you're like, how long was each one of those? Which one was first? Which one was last? You know? Right. Um, And so um, I think that's the difference between a soul that's fully, fully crossed and one that's kind of in between is that the one that's um, more fully crossed has a better understanding of this, that they can still, they can be actually more useful accepting their place, accepting their role and kind of moving forward. So, yeah, so they can still, um, in my experience, like I'm able to connect with souls that have crossed, you know, for several generations, I would say Mm -hmm. up to like, great grandparent level maybe above depending on you know how well they knew the person or mm-hmm. whatever else uh, but they are kind of closer to dissolving the um, identity okay you know it, it doesn't even necessarily depend on like which generation it is actually um yeah it might depend on like how much soul work the soul has done that's what that was my next question is like is it are, are, is it souls that are more evolved that cross over faster? People who have had more experience reincarnating, going back and forth or whatever, like, mm-hmm. are they more accepting of that process? Is it newer souls that take longer to cross over? Is it depend on the life and the karma that you acquired in this life and how long it takes to cross over? Do you know any correlation with that? I think it depends. I, I mean, it's, it just seems to depend on so many factors, you yeah. know? So that might be part of it, but I also think that from our vantage point, we can't really tell when a soul is older or younger. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes it's like, what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> Time doesn't right. exist. But um, to me, the biggest correlation I think that we can see just from our vantage point is just like, just how this life has 
had gone for them and the circumstances under which they passed. Mm -hmm. So um, if they were deeply religious and are afraid of judgment, they might be more scared to fully cross. Mm -hmm. So that that soul has a residual from the life it acquired once they pass over, cross over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of carry our lives with us and all of that. But I think, um, you know, I, I, I try not to get too caught up in any of this either. Yeah. Um, because it's just, you know, we're going to, I think the thing about it is we have to kind of accept like where we are and what, what our work is in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to, you know, we'll get the answers to the test once we take the test, which is right, right, right. after we die. <laughs> so when so, someone loses someone close to them and maybe those people who are listening, you know, what are some signs that they'll do to show people that they're close by? Cause like for myself, like, um, my grandma, every time I'm traveling or something like that, there are flashing lights that are everywhere. And she said before she died, I'm going to come hunt you guys with flashing lights or something like that. She made a joke about it beforehand. And so now I have like three or 13 or so videos showing like this random light flashing around me. Um, but you know, what are some common ways that you might hear about or experience that people are, are communicating that might give um, our listeners some, some peace or some, you know, happiness about knowing that their loved ones are trying to communicate with them? Yeah, there's different ways, you know, it might be um, that you see butterflies, it might be, um, for me, one sign is cars. So um, I'll see blue vintage cars after my friend died. And actually one time, it was either his birthday, or it was um, like the anniversary of his passing, I don't remember which, Mm -hmm. but right in front of my house was parked a blue vintage car when I got home that I'd never seen before, which is like not something that, you know, is common. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it can be really exciting like that. But um, th- I think the thing with signs is you just want to like establish it with the person who passed. Mm-hmm. And so you might be like, give me a, give me a sign, you know, um, within the next like 24 hours. And, mm-hmm. it, and I'll see it three times if it's real. So you might see like a blue butterfly, right? Mm-hmm. And then you might go, okay, this looks like it's a sign from you. If it is, um, help me see a blue butterfly two more times within 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can kind of establish that connection. But I do want to also say, if you aren't seeing signs or you know you aren't receiving communication from a loved one, it doesn't mean that they're not there or even that they're suffering or anything like that what it might be is that um a lot of people experience this where someone close to them passes um and they don't have dreams about them and they don't feel them and it's because um when you're grieving you kind of block off that communication um oh okay communication can only happen i think when you're uh sort of detached in a way And so it might take a while for it to be able to happen, but you might hear from like friends who were maybe less close to the person like, Oh, I had a dream with, you know, Mm -hmm. your loved one. um, Or they saw a sign because they just might be better receptors for that kind of thing because they have less um, attached emotion attached. Yeah. And again, you just want to be where you are with it. So if it's not something you can force. Yeah. That's definitely um, like when, when I've experienced some people in my life who've passed, I've always, always had dreams within that first week that they passed mm-hmm. away, that they would say something like, Hey, I'm okay. Or they give me a message or something like that. 
Um, and for me, that's where it started. And actually my dad and I both had a dream about my grandfather, father in the same night. Um, cause he's also oh, wow. a medium, but he doesn't really acknowledge it. Um, mm-hmm. and so my grandfather came through in my dream and said, Hey, when you wake up, go tell your daddy, Yachty said, hi, cause he just called mm-hmm. me Yachty and something. And I was like, okay. Like, he was like, don't forget when you wake up, just, you know, make sure you go say that. So he went to him and said the same thing and said, your daughter's going to come to you and tell you that I said this. So you will know that it wasn't just a dream that I actually came to visit you. And so my grandfather in that moment being, having been departed was very adamant about making sure that my dad saw the sign because he was Mm -hmm. in that grief stage and not, and kind of perhaps negating what it is that he was, he was coming, that was coming forward to him. Um, Something that I saw a question on your website, actually, which I think is a great question um, that people might want to ask or know is, you know, especially in the grief process or while you're kind of going through that, are we disturbing our loved ones by having a reading or asking them to come or asking for signs? Like what is for, for them? Like, you know, we see rest in peace and that kind of thing that they're in rest uh, once they hit the other side. But um, what is your, what are your thoughts on that about like when people are asking for this direct communication? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because, when I was first getting into that, into this work, it was kind of, this was my mindset. Like I was working with Archangel Michael a lot and I was like, oh my God, am I like bothering him by asking him for protection too much or something, you know, which is like sort of funny. But I think the more you embody the work, I guess, um, the more you realize that it's, we're all connected and that's what this is really about. Mm-hmm. So you're not disturbing anyone. You're not bothering anyone. You're not even really asking them to come forward. It's a symbiotic relationship. So mm-hmm. they really want to talk to you mm-hmm. as the medium. Again, my allegiance is really with the spirit world, mm-hmm. not necessarily with the sitter. And you might think of this in the way of like, and I think this might help people understand mediumship or the purpose of it, where it's like, imagine that you uh, pass away today or tomorrow and just think about like, are there people in your life who you would want to re- relay a message to or talk to? Um, and who are they? And what might the information be? You know, it might just be, you know, it's not necessarily always going to be the people who are even in your family. It mm-hmm. might be something really simple, like I'm still here, you know, mm-hmm. um, or I love you, or I'm sorry, or I'm not sorry, you know. You've had people come no. through and say, I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's funny. So it's That'd funny. be a bitch but, move, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the medium's just sitting there like, oh. But, you know, I have had people come through where it's like, you, you have to remember, like, they're people. So they might yeah. come through and the person might be expecting an apology and the spirit person might be like, I'm not really ready for that. I'm acknowledging mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. and that's a step, but I'm not, I'm not apologizing. I think that's important to notate because we assume that once people cross over that they're like angels or spirits or enlightened like right right away and Mm -hmm. that that's not actually the case they still they still are people just in a different astral body right right and it's you know I, I think um in terms of ancestral work a lot of it what I think the focus really should be on just in my opinion is we're working for our ancestors. Like we're, they need us sometimes more than we need them. Hmm. So we're healing them by living our lives and by doing, uh, doing right by them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, my great grandmother was a medium, but this wasn't known in the family or anywhere. It just wasn't safe, you know? 
Yeah. Um, and she had a very, very difficult life. Mm-hmm. Um, and by me living out my life and by saying I'm a psychic medium, she's gotten closer and closer to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's freeing her more and more because, you know, she, we, we all, we're all connected in this way. Right. Um, and it's my job to do the, to do the ancestral work in that way, you know, but, um, but yeah, they don't necessarily become the Buddha right when they cross over and they don't necessarily know what's going to happen in your future. Mm-hmm. That's not really their job, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they still have kind of their own work to do when they cross. So as a medium, do you ever encounter, you know, spirits of people who have not died necessarily, but might be consciousnesses from other planets or other dimensions? Yeah, I actually thought you were going to say just people who haven't died, but are people, which is also a yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, especially if someone has Alzheimer's or is in a coma. Oh, wow. Okay. They can come through and I can think that they're that they've died and they haven't, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, souls travel. And also, um, you know, I, I know I talked about the difference between psychic and mediumship, and there is a big difference and it's important to note. And at the same time, like we, we're all souls and bodies. Right. So, you know, I, you can also connect to somebody's higher self um, and it'll feel really different than a spirit that's crossed over. Yeah. But I that's agree. also something that you can do, but yeah. Um, I also communicate with, you know, spirit guides who are, you know, souls that have been, that you've chosen before you have incarnated into this lifetime to help you live out your lessons or live out, like, you know, um, just take you through this life in a way that makes sense for your soul. Mm -hmm. I communicate with angels, which I know is a hard one for people sometimes to be like, Mm -hmm. what is an angel? (laughs) Uh, Because I'm, you know, I, like I said, I didn't grow up religious, so I don't have that, like, thing to get over, at least for um, because the way that I personally see angels is not as religious figures at all. Mm-hmm. Um, other people do who do this work, and that's I think also completely legitimate. But yeah. for me, they're really like celestial beings, or they're you know souls that haven't in- ever incarnated on Earth, mm-hmm. but they're omnipresent and they're really like their energies, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're really all one big energy, but they have different aspects of them that we call Archangel Michael or Archangel Raphael. And it's easier to see or talk about them as like with, you know, human names and with human characteristics, because it can be less intimidating mm-hmm. to see them that way than like just giant lights. But yeah, I communicate with them and their role really is to raise the consciousness of the planet. Mm-hmm. I think. And I think the best way to communicate with them or the best way to work with them really is to embody their energy. Mm-hmm. Um, same with like ascended masters. Can you explain what that is? For people who ascended may not know. masters, yeah, I um, I kind of hate the term ascended masters, <laughs> but but it's it's really souls that have crossed that kind of experienced a level of mastery and have chosen to stay behind. So ones that we know are like Jesus, Kuan Yin, Buddha. No, there's there there's lots and lots of others. Some are known, yeah. some are not. They are you know, and just in terms of like vibrational frequency, mm-hmm. uh, are just a little bit denser than the angelic realm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I talked to aliens. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think like, like first we need to distinguish the difference between alien, ascended master and an angel, which I would interpret 
and correct me if I'm wrong, like um, angels would be a higher, less dense or higher vibrational energy that we tune into that helps us with uh, elevating our consciousness. Our ascended masters are people who have come and incarnated on earth at some point mm-hmm. um, and are elevated beings um, who have come back. So they've, they've incarnated for the elevation of our consciousness, but are also still very um, human, but in, in the energy realm, if that makes sense. And then alien, I would imagine are in the same 3d, but just in a different planet or dimension. So perhaps they're much like us and maybe more, more evolved in some kind of way. Yeah, I think, um, so with Ascended Masters, they're really, for the most part, not, they're they're sort of human, but not really. Yeah. Like they were, but the way that they come through, they don't feel like 3D at all. Yeah. You know? Uh, Aliens, I mean, there's different kinds, but they're not really 3D. I think that the kinds of um, extraterrestrials or whatever you want to call them, who are able to kind of come to this planet in a helpful way or to assist mm-hmm. with like the earth's uh, consciousness rising mm-hmm. and also who incarnate into human bodies, which is another topic. They come from planets that are more, that are in much higher dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are able to kind of come from the future and, you know, travel through time mm-hmm. um, and also, you know, kind of work in a way that's not in a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um in my experience I just meet a lot of people who I feel that their soul has come from has originated in a different place rather than earth mm-hmm. and are here to help with just raising the consciousness of the planet. So when people who who have incarnated here once mm-hmm. they've crossed over, you know, is their mission also to to help raise the consciousness of the planet or now that they've done their essentially turn on earth, do they go to like a resting place for a while before they reincarnate again? You know, does a soul know when it's its last turn? Do you get ever any um, information from, from the departed about those things? You know, that I'm not too, too sure about. Um, mm-hmm. What I hear from them sometimes um, or from my friend who, who passed, you know, he, he comes through, but and now more and more, he's just like, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and he feels like higher consciousness to me each time and more powerful. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that we're really in a place where we can know exactly what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. To me, it seems like they don't always know. Mm-hmm. So um, even souls that have passed and, you know, have <coughs> kind of me. elevated, even souls that have sort of elevated consciousness and all of that, they don't even always know their whole story. Yeah. Uh, or where they're, and and they, I think they tend to have a review is the other thing after Mm -hmm. they pass of just like reviewing their life, reviewing choices that they made, being able to see things from perspectives of people they've, they were close to or people that they hurt maybe. And and it's not like um, your guides or or your elders are like grading a test um, in the way that like your, you know, mean teacher would. Yeah, my school, you know, it's more like you helped lay out the test for yourself before you incarnated. Mm -hmm. And so it's more just like, okay, what do what do we have to do for for next time? Because our missions are usually partly to help the planet and partly for our own soul's evolution. Mm -hmm. And these things, I think, are very intertwined. 
like they're not really separate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think once you kind of review what you're, what happened in your life, it seems like then um, you kind of map out the next life again mm-hmm. uh, to get more of what you need. Yeah. That's kind of my perspective as well. I had this, this crazy dream and I might've told you about it. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, um, but I had this dream one night where um, I had walked into this kind of office building and I was walking amongst these people who were like nine feet tall or something. And I walked in, like I was coming into work, like I had been on vacation for a while. Mm-hmm. And so someone had taken my quote unquote office slash desk area and I walked in and, um, and they were like, Oh, Hey, welcome back. Like, it's good to see you. Da, da, da. Okay. You can take, um, so-and-so's office. She just left for her next mission or something. So I walk into this room, looks like a total regular office. And I walk in and there are crystals everywhere, which excites me because I love, I fucking love crystals. Um, (laughs) so I walk in and I'm like, Ooh, sweet. I'm gonna take these home. And I asked the guy, Hey, is there a box or something that I can store these in? By the way, it's not a guy. It's like a blue bean. That's like super tall, has no mouth and talks to me telepathically. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> he says, yeah, yeah, there's a box on the floor. And so there's a box that's really small. It looks like probably the size of my hand or something. And I'm like, it's not going to fit in this. And I open the box and there's a light that beams out of it onto the wall that shows uh, essentially a portal. And I, I consult with, I guess, my partner or somebody that I'm in love with or something who we'll call Jordan. That was his name in the dream, I guess. And I was like, oh my gosh, look, we found another portal. Da, 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 da. And so we go into this portal and go visit what looks like Earth. Like we went and got ice cream. <laughs> like we did all these like really <laughs> mundane things, but no one could see us. And mm-hmm. so we we're still able to be in a body and do normal stuff, but people really couldn't see us. And so um, we would come back and forth. And it was kind of like our little like vacation. And we come back and forth. And so when he, there was one time where he was like, Hey, do you want to go back? I'm going to go and try and see. And I was like, no, um, it's kind of gotten like TSA airport because everybody else found out about the portal. And so um, I was like, it's just such a hassle to get back and forth. And like, you know, whatever, I'm going to finish stuff over here anyway. So he goes and he stays away for in this one dream. It felt like three months he was gone. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and he looks completely different. And I'm going, oh my God, like, you know, that's not him. And I'm freaking out and I'm having this really upset experience behind it. And the blue bean is like, this is, this is Jordan. He just, he identified better with this body. So he changed his appearance. And I was like asking him these questions like, well, what about this time? Do you remember this? And it was absolutely him, but he had changed in his appearance. So anyway, I woke up and immediately was like, shit, is that how it works? Like, <laughs> like are we, do we go to the other side and we're like, all right, let's like pick up our, our box. Let's go back to work and like figure out, let's let's this. Okay. Let's put together what kind of life we want to have. And you know, you kind of, kind of go in and out. And then I even had another thought. I was like, well, how interesting it would be is our loved ones who've departed once they've departed when they go to sleep wherever they are they visit us so Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought that was interesting because like when I'm asleep I go visit other places maybe when they're asleep they come and visit me so anyway I, I have had for a long time these kind of um ideas about what happens in the afterlife and death especially since I had, um, you know, grown up in a, in a religious background. So I was always fearful of that mm-hmm. kind of day of judgment that you talk about, um, mm-hmm. that this life review, like, I'm glad you said that earlier, that it wasn't like a test that you had failed more so about a contract of the life that you had laid out beforehand. 
and are reviewing and saying, did I get everything done? Like, oh, maybe I need to go back and finish, you know, this aspect or that aspect. Um, yeah. Um, and I want to say it's not even necessarily like, did I finish everything I set out to do? You know, because like mm -hmm. the detours are also part of the journey. So maybe you laid out some tests for yourself, but it's not even like, was I a good person? You know, like, mm -hmm. did I did I create the business that I wanted to create or did I like, was I kind in a space where I could have been mean? Yeah. It's just like a observation, you know, of mm -hmm. what happened and how you acted in certain situations. Mm -hmm. That's really, I think judgment is a very like three dimensional concept that is very human. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it can be, you know, and I don't think it's always, good to say there's no right and wrong you know it just depends on from what vantage point you're looking at it I think from right. our vantage point sometimes we have to be like oh this was this was an injustice and let's do something about it if it's our role to do that you right. know but from the, the life review kind of um, aspects of it it's not even like did you do this right or wrong it's it's just okay let's look at what happened Mm -hmm. you know, this was what you did, you know, and it just yeah, depends yeah. on what you're trying to... This is just a chance to observe a neutrality without any, any attachments to it to say, okay, this is what happened. Right. And this is a part of building our, our resume, if you will, for our soul. Maybe resume is not the right word, but essentially building that experience and experiencing things through the creator. Mm -hmm. um, so every experience is valid in that, um, being able to kind of come through. Before we end, I'd really like to, to hear, um, because you teach people how to be mediums, or if they have this gift, you help them develop it. That's what I should mm -hmm. say. So what does that look and feel like for you when you are, you know, because it's one thing to have a psychic inkling. It's one thing to have a connection to a spirit and have something that seems like it may be random, but what is, and obviously you can't talk about your entire process here, but um, mm -hmm. in a quick way, like there was something that you spoke to me about that I think that was very interesting about bringing my energetic consciousness to my solar plexus and expanding that out in order to connect with um, the other spirits around me and being able to feel that. So mm -hmm. for someone who has, or who may be interested in this or someone who might be like, maybe I'll check out her program, whatever, what is it that you help them develop and allow them to do? And what's, what does that look like in a quick short form? I'll start with what you just said about bringing the awareness to the solar plexus mm -hmm. um, because the solar plexus and for people who don't know, um, you know, the chakra system, you can just think of it as your gut. So it's this, it's this place that's, kind of in between your rib cage. Physiologically, it's important as well because we actually have like more nerve endings there than we have like in our brains really, you know? And uh, we actually do make a lot of decisions from that place. And if it's a little bit weak or if we don't trust it, if we're not connected to it, it can be really, our life can be more difficult. Mm -hmm. So, and the solar plexus is the seat of your soul. So again, I want to say, you know, um, Yes, a mediumistic connection is different from a psychic connection, but it's not better, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and this is really important because I think when you hear something like, oh, mediumship is on a higher vibration or right. not everyone's a medium, you automatically think, oh, it's better than being psychic. It's right. not true at all. Right. But I would say that with both, with both, the most important thing is to build a connection with yourself and with your own soul because it's all soul to soul communication. And the best way to do that is to be truly connected to your own soul, right? Mm -hmm. And to understand what your energetic system is like and your body is like so that you know 
when information comes in when it's not yours. Right. Meditation, I know every teacher harps on this. It's for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's to really just kind of slow down your thoughts and your process enough so that you are able to receive information. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of it really as a long game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just building up that connection with yourself and your own soul and like really focusing on your solar plexus and building that up so that then you can start to really feel in your auric field when there is one spirit, if there's two spirits, you know, and if you don't have money, <laughs> you know, and you can't like take a class right now, what you can do really is take like five to 10 minutes a day, focus on your solar plexus, breathe in the color yellow into it bring your awareness outside of yourself and just ask like your, you know, let's say one relative that you trust who's passed away to come into your auric field because you'll recognize their energy. Mm -hmm. You know, especially if it's someone that you don't feel so attached to that it's difficult because you're still grieving and just ask them to stand to the right of you and then ask them to stand to the left of you or ask them to stand behind you Mm -hmm. Um, and just do the same thing like every day for a week, for two weeks, um, just cause you, you build that up, um, and you get less attached to the outcome if you repeat it because it gets boring mm-hmm. and it's really in that boredom. I think that progress happens, you know, Yeah. which while in quarantine, you have a, a perfect opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. and the other thing too, is like, one thing you can do is just have fun with it. Like play games, play psychic games. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's much easier to start developing your psychic awareness in ways when you're not, when it's not like something that you're emotionally attached to. So I wouldn't start with asking yourself questions like, should I go to grad school? Right. You know, or should I have kids? Mm -hmm. It's a little loaded, you know? Yeah. You might want to start with like, you know, should I order out today? (laughs) Should I hang out in my living room or my bedroom today? Which, um, you know, uh, which, which mask should I wear outside? (laughs) I mean, these are the questions now. Before quarantine, they were like, you know, which train is going to come next? Mm-hmm. Is this person going to be late? Like, just ask yourself these silly little questions um, and just play around with it. Yeah. And see what it feels like when you end up being right, like how the information had come in. Mm-hmm. And what it was like when you weren't, you ended up being wrong because you weren't tuned in. And just, um, just experiment with it and like have fun. Yeah. I, I used to do that when I was... Yeah. When I was dating, I was like, is this guy going to be like this? <laughs> is it going to be like that? I, mm-hmm. I predict he's going to be this way. I feel he's going to be this way. And then bam. Um, <laughs> yeah. There are fun ways to play with that. And I like how that like it, it needs to be something that's not like super serious or anything. It's not like, is this person the love of my life? Um, to be detached from it, because I do believe that everybody has psychic abilities. And I do believe that, um, you know, there's a lot of consciousness that's around that we can tap into. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times people's fear and skepticism is usually what keeps them from being able to tap into those things. And so that's why I think meditation is super important. Like you said, just because yeah. it allows our thoughts to slow down and gets us out of a space of judgment. It puts us in a place where we can just accept whatever's coming to us without like naming it per se mm-hmm. um, and getting used to what our own thoughts sound like, which, because if you haven't if you don't have a meditation practice or you haven't gotten in the habit of journaling or something like that, you don't know what your own voice sounds like. So getting to that place of learning what your voice sounds like. So that way, when someone else voice comes in, you'll be like, wait, hold on. Who is that? Mm -hmm. Um, Because for me, even like um, I hear internally and I also hear externally, Mm -hmm. Um, I get visions and messages and stuff like that. But like um, 
mostly audible. Like I hear things. And mm -hmm. so when it was very important for me, I started doing um, automatic writing and that was a very good way to distinguish the difference between my voice and the guide that I have that shows up the most often who I call Karen. Um, only because I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she has a really cool, like ancient sounding name, but she asked me not to, not to tell anyone her name. Anyway, um, I, apparently I take up much enough of her time. So she's the one anybody else called her. <laughs> like, so uh, yeah. anyway, but that's a, that's a, that's a cool process or a good process. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, before we end, can you tell everybody, um, what services you offer and how they can find you? Yeah. So, um, I do private readings, um, that are, you know, I do evidential psychic mediumship. So it's kind of like everything that I've talked about. Um, so depending on what your need is, it could be about your life. It could be about, you know, your loved ones coming through very strongly. It just depends. But um, you can go to my website, nellyresnick.com. That's N-E-L-L-Y-R-E-Z-N-I-K. And um, you can just schedule directly. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can email me. Um, there's like a contact option if you have questions, you know, or, or anything like that. Um, I also offer um, Reiki. So right now that we're all quarantined, right now it's distance Reiki. Mm -hmm. um, and you can just reach out to me for for a session or if you have questions about that as well. Yeah, I'm still teaching even though um, we're inside. So I'm trying to offer some like low cost or free services as well. So I do work through... Um, you know, this collective called Minka Brooklyn, you know, we're doing things like daily, like Facebook lives that are like classes. So that's great if you just want to like check it out. So I'll, I'll be doing one um, through there that's on how to just like manage um, your empath stuff during mm. this time. So yeah, um, but you can just check out my website and see like when the next classes are, are going to come. I think one that's been really requested um, more and more is I teach a class for empaths called boundaries for empaths mm -hmm. that's, um, a good, that's a good one right now yeah <laughs> and uh it's a three-hour class the next one is gonna be um in june but um, i'll try to put one up that's um, maybe more focused on like collective energy that'll be you know maybe in april or may cool we'll see <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Nellie, for like coming on here and talking about your experiences. And um, I'm sure, especially like around the topics of death right now, a lot of people are fearful of, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on and are they going to lose a loved one and what that looks like. And for people who may not have, you know, hope, at least in this stage, I, I believe, and for me personally, mediumship really does offer a lot of hope that you're not actually losing your loved ones, um, that they are still there. They still care about you. They still love you. And they're still trying to communicate with you. So the loss doesn't have to feel so great. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. Mediumship has done wonders for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really beautiful to be able to like share it with other people. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. Yay. So guys, <laughs> if you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and like and rate us five stars on all the platforms. And we will see you in the next episode. Make sure to check Nellie out. I'll list all of her links down below. We'll see you guys. Bye. interested in becoming a client for energy coaching, find me at www.
thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.